The following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Let me down. believe in him verbal Keaton always said I don't believe in God but I'm afraid of him well I believe in God and the only thing that scares me is but I'm afraid of him well I believe in God and the only thing that scares me is but I'm afraid of him but I'm afraid of him you people understand the psychology of dealing with a highway traffic show tonight here with you always your host the man they call the jackal welcome to inside my head uh tonight we'll be talking about ufos and the possibility of contact in full disclosure which could be happening very soon also we'll be uh we'll touch on other related subjects like the uh, recent ufo files that were just released from the uk as well as the primetime special that was just uh aired uh with stan romanek uh when i return i'm going to be joined by my guest tonight mr alejandro t rojas of mufon and a UFO Think Tank, of course, and of Mr. Jesse Randolph of UFO Not Radio. Both of these gentlemen will be on the air shortly with me here as uh, soon as we return. Wow. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Jackal's Head. Here with you again, your host, the Jackal. I just want to bring on board here my two guests for tonight, Mr. Jesse Randolph of UFO Not Radio and Mr. Alejandro Rojas of MUFON fame. Of course, he also hosts the show UFO Think Tank right here on Block Talk Radio. Welcome, gentlemen, to the show. Welcome. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thanks for having us, Jackal. This is Jesse. Jesse, welcome, my friend. Alejandro, I hear you there in the background somewhere. Yes, I'm here. Thanks. I appreciate you guys coming on, man. I really do appreciate it. I know it's uh, Friday night, and there's a lot of other things you could be doing with your time. Uh, but I know since we're all in love with the subject, uh, I guess you guys uh, made a little time for me, and I do appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, well, to be. Yep, and I know I appreciate the time you make for us. Oh, definitely. That, that's uh, that's from the heart, you know. Well, you know, the, is that Alejandro? It's, it's, I think I know that guy. Um, <laughs> he, he's the busy guy. I'm out here in Oregon, so this is exciting stuff. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mr. Rojas, always moving and shaking and keen, staying busy, busy, busy. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Now, I know you guys, uh, you know, are familiar with uh, some of the topics that I wanted to bring up tonight. Uh, of course, uh, everybody's talking about the Stan Romanek primetime special. Uh, that's one of the things I, I wanted to get to tonight. I know uh, Alejandro is very close to the Stan Romanek case, and he's been following it very closely as he gives you updates every week on your show, uh, Jesse, I and, of course, on his show, he talks about Stan uh, every once in a while. Uh, Alejandro, I know you saw the special. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm really interested to hear, uh, Jesse, and, and your thoughts on it, too, and what you've been hearing around. But as from my perspective, it was not awful. I was a little afraid they would totally do a hack job and completely make him look like a fool. But... Uh, they didn't do that, which is great. But it was still sad because it's supposed to be investigative journalism, and they didn't do that at all. All they did was go interview a few people, interview some of the, the psychologists, the bunkers of which Leo Sprinkle is a much more tenured and capable psychologist, more experienced in your conventional clinical psychology than any of those guys that they brought on. But... Um, that was the sad part because they had a great case here. They have had an abundance of evidence that they could have gone into that they didn't. They alluded to things like Stan's leg uh, being healed, and they showed the marks on his legs, but they didn't go to the doctor's report. They didn't talk to the doctors themselves who couldn't explain the marks or explain how his leg was healed because they were convinced he had to have surgery on his leg. Uh, they didn't do any video analysis. They didn't have people come on and talk about, you know, experts talk about the video um, that they showed. There was they just a total lack of effort in any sort of investigating at all. They just went out and interviewed some people and slapped this show together and call it good. Yeah, you know, it was it's funny you say that for for this taking as long as it has to uh, get on air. I felt the same way. I felt like it was kind of rushed and just like slapped together. Uh, like they really didn't, didn't go into in deep detail. Now, is there another documentary maybe that might be in the works uh, that, that maybe they're saving, you know, the real meat and bones uh, for that instead and then they just didn't put it on here? Do you know of anything like no, that? No, this was, this was ABC's shot. This was their this was shot at it. Um, and one of the problems is they're 
the reason this happened is that there were some people behind the scenes at ABC that came and looked at Stan's evidence, and they were amazed by it. And so they were pushing it along. They got a producer who was great. She was very well educated in this field, interested in, in uh, UFOs and all of this. Uh, however, and she wanted to do what they wanted to do, something more in-depth, something more investigative. But at the beginning of this year, they let her go. They let a bunch of people go, including her. And so they mm. brought in this new guy. And I don't mind saying, you know, on air here, I talked to the guy, and the guy said, I don't have any interest in this subject. I know nothing about this subject. Um, I don't know what to do. I don't even want to do this, but they really want me to do a show on this. Um, and that was his attitude about the whole thing. So when he went to Stan's house, he didn't really look at the evidence very much. He shot a couple uh, interviews. They said they were going to come back and interview some of the scientists who have actually been involved with this, but they didn't. Um, they did come to the MUFON Symposium just a couple of weeks ago and did a couple, a little bit of shooting there that you saw on the special. Right. Um, and then that was about it. Jesse, do you think, I mean, do you think maybe the evidence, Jesse and, uh, and Alejandro, this is really for both of you guys, do you think that maybe this is just part of the spin they goes, you know, they goes with ufology. That I mean, there's a lot of cases like this where, you know, all, you know, they 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 really hype it up at first, and then there's a spin that goes around, and you end up getting, you know, a hack job. It's happened before in ufology. I mean, do you think maybe this is just something, you know, along those lines, or, or you know, what do you think they dropped the ball on on this uh, primetime special? Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I, I I'd rather break it down piece by piece because I I don't want to just gloss over this and move on to another subject. I think this is important. Um, there's a lot of people to point the finger at with this mm -hmm. specific special. Number one, ABC has done a terrible job every time they've done a UFO special. There's always people within ufology community that try to support the fact that, they well, they did something, which right. is a bunch of bunk. They always do a horrible job. They always get all kinds of good people offering them solid information, proof, so that guys like Shustak doesn't go gallivanting around like a little leprechaun saying, there's no proof. Where's the proof? There's tons of proof, and ABC never uses it. They've had every guy in the book come to them, the good, credible people, from Stan Friedman's to Max, you name it. You can go down the list. And they always choose to use the garbage. Now let's get back to the Romanex special in particular, Okay. And again, this is coming off of two or three, I believe it's three, terrible produced ABC specials. Mm -hmm. I know someone who works at ABC as well who worked on one of the Peter Jennings ones, and she wouldn't give me a straight answer why they didn't use all of the terrific information that was offered. Okay? The Stan Romanek special was one that everyone was looking forward to because supposedly Stan was very secretive and very careful about making sure that his credibility and that the goods were not going to be screwed up. So who does he go to? ABC. The people who screw it all up every time. Now, like you said, Jackal, behind the scenes, what is their motive? 
What is their motivation, and where are they, where are they really trying to take this thing? Where are they trying to spin it? That's a whole other conversation which we can have. But let's mm-hmm. just stick to the actual Stan Romanek program the other night. So I'm, I'm pissed. I'm pissed because, number one, um, I agree with Alejandro on a few things. First of all, Stan, his, his, his footage, which was held up for how, how long now? We're talking about, you know, over a year, Many months. right? Yep. Many months, if not longer. Um, it, 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 uh, excuse me for a moment here. Let me just mute this. Um, we, get, we get to see during the special about less than 30 seconds of the footage. I think they spent more time showing you the, the parodies, okay, than the actual footage. Now, Alejandro makes a terrific point. No analysis. They didn't bring on no. any special effects people. They didn't bring. They could have been. They could have brought plenty of people on to debunk it in special effects, but they didn't even do that. Did yeah, see, that's what I was really style? looking for. That's really what I was looking for when we did, when they saw when we showed the alien autopsy footage. At least they had people from Hollywood, you know, that at least now did analysis of the of the video. I mean, at least they tried on the Fox special, but, I mean, this one, they really didn't even know what they were trying. Nothing. Zero. They, yeah. showed, they gave you about 30 seconds of it, and this was stuff that people had been waiting on their hippie toes for, for a long, long time. Okay. And, and I know from my program, you guys know as well, mm-hmm. uh, we're on the same circle, uh, that people are really into this case. So here's my other problems. Um, number two. The physical evidence. Chuck Sikowski was given a ton of airtime on this special. Okay, he's a good guy. I met him out in Roswell. He seems very knowledgeable. He's an ex-state trooper or something. The guy really knows about investigations in general. Okay, he's a stand-up guy, no doubt. I don't know how they edited this piece, but nothing that came out of Chuck Sikowski's mouth convinced me of anything. Um, he didn't talk about any of the real proof when they asked him about it. And if he did, they, sh- they must have edited it out because where was the meat? Where was the yep. meat? The, there was no meat to convince me that Stan Romanek really had a case except for one thing that was interesting was a sighting video that some other folks at the campgrounds also saw. Yep. And that was, well, that was compelling and kind of cool. But still, come on, at the end of the day – it was, it was ABC's fault, but it was also Stan's fault, and here's why. There's no way that he should have felt that they were going to really give him a good neutral um, job here, they were, that they were going to do a neutral job, they were going to do a good job, and not make, try to make him look like a crazy man. Who else did they bring? They brought on two women who were abductees, supposedly, and... 90% of their shots were just them staring at the camera with this serious look on their face, okay? There was nothing I learned about them that was of any importance. And then there was the ex-military guy with the Baptist minister mother, which made it seem even loonier. They, where they found these people or dug them up, I could not tell you. But at the end of the day, I agree, I agree with Alejandro about the footage. I I'm very disappointed if, in Chuck Stokowski, if he actually researched this case heavily. Um, there's supposedly a lot more interesting. Well, I have some insight there. Please. 
Yeah, Chuck, he did talk about a lot more. I mean, really? these interviews that they he went up and did, they, they were long interviews, and they edited all that out. I mean, Yeah, it was, it was butchered. That's what it was. Yeah, he was talking to him for 30, 45 minutes or something like that. He was talking about um, they, they did a long interview, and they had discussions, and they got to talk. And it's funny because now people are bashing Juju Chang, and, and he's defending her because he liked her, and he she told him stuff. that. But, you know, these guys are full of crap, these media guys. I've been working mm-hmm. them for a long time, and they will try to seduce you. Um, but the meat, and before I get to that piece, the meat was taken out. The meat was completely just taken and dissected out of this. Chuck, of course, talked about some of the reasons why he felt, you know, the case was compelling in the physical evidence, but they didn't go there. One of the girls that they used as an abductee was another person that I referred to him, uh, Stace, and they, they referred to Stace has evidence she has UFO videos, and they state that, but they didn't show any of her videos. When I met Stace, she came in and said, I, I you know, uh, after it got comfortable, said, I think I'm an abductee. She told me eventually, and I have some videos. And I, of course, rolled my eyes. I thought she was probably nuts. But then I saw her videos of these spheres, okay. you know, these little spheres flying over Denver, doing things that they shouldn't do. Why didn't Alejandro, ABC show that video? Alejandro, let me bust in here. Are we talking, uh, is Stace, was Stace the, the, the Camlade? Yeah. Okay, so here's my problem with Stace. Um, and, again, probably an editing uh, trick, but they sit her down to talk about the specifics, the quote-unquote meat of her experiences, and she says she doesn't want to talk about it. Now, why would you use somebody in a special that doesn't want, doesn't to, want to talk about the specifics? Well, that's, a, that's, that's a, a great point, and why would ABC use her? And second of all, unless they were trying to spin this as funny, but second of all, uh, I don't know. I need to ask her actually what they did talk about because I wouldn't doubt if she gave them more meat. But it's all yeah, I mean, part of that second thing, the sure. spin yeah. that you're uh, It's, it's about. all part of the spin. It's all part of the spin, like you're saying, Alejandro. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Isn't the Stan Romanek case one of the cases where there's one of the most, um, I guess you could say, uh, multiple eyewitnesses uh, in the multiple That's cases? It's like the there's like a, lot, a ton of cases where there's multiple witnesses. Isn't in his case yeah. one of the most in that, that particular type of atmosphere? Yeah, you know, and they mentioned that on the show. They said but, he's got, in his case, there's a ton of witnesses, and then they don't show these witnesses or they don't go into any more detail. It was so weird. I mean, uh, to me it was just odd. But I think what we have here, even how they spin the psychologist, like on the website they said, you know, psychologists say this, that it's sleep paralysis. But professional hypnotherapists um, say this, and then they refer to Leo. They refer to Leo Sprinkle, who is a Ph.D. He was the head of the Department of Clinical Psychology for the University of Wyoming for many, many, for decades, literally decades. He has got so much experience in psychology he knows more about how to work with people. I'm sure he's done more clinical therapy yes. than any of these guys. He's actually Alejandro. worked with people. Alejandro, but they spin him as a hypnotherapist, not a psychologist. Yeah. yeah. Well, let, let me piggyback on that because here was my rebuttal 
that wasn't allowed when you talk about sprinkle, okay? So my question when dealing with the Harvard people at that segment, which because these guys are a bunch of total boneheads, and, and of course they discredit Mac, the man's deceased, so he can't defend himself, obviously, and they didn't talk to anybody at the Mac Institute. Um, but my question to them straight up would have been, so are you saying, Harvard psychiatrist aficionados, that <laughs> hypnotherapy is absolute garbage? It is not something that yeah. you can utilize for, let's say, a rape victim, okay? That that, that would be totally ridiculous to to, to hypnotically regress a rape victim or someone from a traumatic experience to try to extract information about what would have happened. Do you think that they would have said, yes, it's absolute garbage? No. They probably would have said, in some cases, hypnotic regression might be a useful tool. Oh, okay. So it's useful, but it's not useful for something that might have been labeled as an alien abduction because you don't particularly believe that that's true. Right. That's a double standard. And on top of that, here again, John Mack has more experience than any of those people. John Mack won a Pulitzer Prize. John Mack won tons of awards. He was extremely well-respected, worked with thousands and thousands of people, had much more experience than Susan Boyle, I believe, is just in the lab. These guys are theoretical. They're not out there working with people. And But, you know, it comes down to... I think what, what happens with ABC is they want to um, get their cake and eat it too type of thing. They want to get the ratings that you get off of UFOs and abductions and ETs without risking their credibility or risking anything at all. So what they'll do is hype up this television show. Oh, we've got some great stuff and evidence to get everybody to come watch. And then they just water it down and make it really safe where they can end up saying, you know, when their colleagues say, you really did a story on UFOs and extraterrestrials? Yeah, but we really didn't find anything. But, of course, they reap the benefits of all the great ratings. Right. Well, yeah, and, right. and another case goes down in history, tainted. But yeah. let's, let's not, and this is where I get to the other part of my frustration is, I think there's finger pointing to be made at the people within ufology that decided where should we put all our eggs? Let's put it in the ABC basket. They should look at the track record of these folks. Like you said, these Jesse, are maniacal. Don't you know when you point your finger, you've got three fingers pointing right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that in a long time. Well, no, but that's but you know these are ufologists. Dan isn't a ufologist. You know, these guys are naive. They think ABC, wow. And like I said, these guys are schmoozers. Oh, Stan, you're amazing. This is all so amazing. This is going to be great. And the pretense was completely different as everybody's a believer and excited and they want to do this most amazing story ever. That's what ABC is telling, you know, this, this poor podunk guy from nowhere and, you know, these people buy into it. They're, they're naive. They think, wow, ABC News, you know, these are the top of the top. They can't be as corrupt as people tell me they are. Oh, come on. I mean, ABC News, uh, you know, it's funny. It does stand for American Broadcast, you know, America's Broadcast. I mean, a lot of people don't understand this, but a lot of people don't understand this, but uh, is that better? Yeah. 
Okay. A lot of people don't understand this, but the actual media is the fourth branch of the government. So it doesn't surprise me that they would water down something like this when this is such a you know a hot topic that is you know kept under, under such secrecy. It, it doesn't surprise me at all. And like I said earlier, I mean these guys were not even trying to to make this even credible. It just goes down as another case tainted now in ufology, where really if there's meat you know to be to be told, this is the one case you want to you know you want to actually open up because there is so much evidence like Alejandro was saying. In fact, we have a caller on online here. I'm going to go ahead and you know, open the lines real quick and get to the caller. Uh, so uh, you guys cool with that? You want to take a caller? Sure. All right, let's get to them real quick. They didn't stay on the line. They're waiting. Caller eight one two. State your name or your phone and uh, ask your question. Hello, Jackal. This is Unraveling Secrets, or better known as Rick Osmond. How y'all doing? How are you doing? Hey, Welcome Rick. to the so, show. Uh, you were talking about the press being part of the government. You can follow this story all the way back to before Roswell. You can go back to um, go all the way back to the Pacific Northwest with Arnold. All those sightings. They they made him out to be an idiot. Yeah. The press. Yep always treats people as idiots if they report these things. Well, I mean, you can look at Roswell, for example, and just that incident alone kind of tells you the way they think of, of the people. First they tell you, yeah, we found a, a crashed, you know, saucer. Then, you know, they come out with, oh, no, there wasn't a crashed saucer, it was a weather balloon. Then they change their story about ten times. I mean, if this is the way they're actually going to treat the American people and the people worldwide, they're just treating us like idiots, like the sheep that they think we are. Well, to that point, Alan J. Hynek, or J. Allen Hynek, who worked for the Air Force, uh, he eventually stopped doing the UFO analysis for the Air Force because he finally got tired. He was like, look, guys, I'm not going to come. But they wanted him to debunk and make these people look foolish without doing any research. And he told them, look, I can't do research if you're telling me to come up with conclusions before I've even been able to look into any evidence. And that's why he said, screw you guys, I'm going to start talking about UFOs, and this this is real. What I've seen is real. Carl, do you have any uh, other questions for our guests? No, basically, I'll, um, I was just going to comment that the behavior of the press, regardless of whether they are genuinely controlled by the government, and when I say the government, I'm not talking about the U.S. government. Right, the, the government in the government as well. Right regardless of whether they're actually controlled or to what degree they may be controlled, the behavior is consistent, pervasive, ubiquitous. If you come up with a story about uh, whether it's Bigfoot or UFOs or ghosts or anything that is quote-unquote paranormal, then that's what you are. You are paranormal and you need to be institutionalized. And I, I just don't find that behavior in in the media acceptable because these these people are out there having these experiences. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask for it. Most of them don't really want to have any attention about it. Mm-hmm. They just want somebody to talk to about it because they're desperate for answers. Yeah, it's true. I mean, if you look back at, uh, you know, cases in ufology, for example, the Betty and Barney Hill case, these people definitely did not want this kind of media around them. I mean, this is not what they were looking for. Mr. Uh, Mr. Hill himself was actually a mem- member of the uh, Black Panther Party. Do you think that he really would want this kind of attention? Probably I mean, not. Exactly, probably not. Travis Walton, another man who really 
would not even want the spotlight. If you look at if you look at him today, he's one of the shyest individuals. He's you can tell he's not a media friendly person. He's not you know a person that wanted this kind of a publicity. Uh, it's another case where you know the evidence are there, the witnesses are there, and of course if you you know if you look at any specials they've ever done on Travis Walton, it it has kind of a of a goofy type of of you know job done to it, kind of like the primetime special with Stan Romanek. It's all, it's all part of the spin. It's all part of the spin. As I said, I think the media is a branch of the government, in the government, if you know what I mean. Yep. And uh, it's rare for them to break from the threshold, if you will, of what they can report accurately versus the way they're supposed to report it. Definitely. Well, thank you for your call, caller. I'm going to go ahead and uh, get back to uh, the show here. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Jekyll. Y'all have a good Fellas, uh, like I was saying, uh, you know, not only is it another branch of the government, the media itself, but what I think it, it, what I think really happens a lot of times, like in this primetime case, I think at first you have the guys who don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, who are really into the subject, and they put these, you know, these stories together, and then once it gets picked up and it gets hyped, and like Alejandro says, they they can see that they reap the benefits of getting the ratings out of this thing. After that happens, when you know the the people that are really in charge step forward and they they get take control of the of the whole thing, which again is very similar. I guess you could say what what happened in the primetime special. Everybody got fired after they set everything up, and then you know this is what we ended up getting. Yeah, so I don't mind people bashing Juju to be honest, because you know what? <laughs> these guys are supposed to be um, investigative journalists. And, you know, that's what they are supposed to be in here for, not some just spokes model type of thing. So, and maybe that's what she got into it for. Who knows? But they're certainly not the watchdogs that the, they're supposed to be as the media. So I say bad juju. Bad, <laughs> bad juju. Now, real quick, I want to ask you guys, uh, just for anybody who uh, might be listening who doesn't know about your shows, uh, Jesse, you, you host uh, UFO Not Radio. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your show, and uh, also Alejandro, tell us a little about your show, uh, UFO Think Tank. Uh, you know, I know you guys host the show over the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, tell us, tell some of the listeners how they can catch your show so they can, uh, you know, be enlightened. Well, um, I've been on the air now for over a year. Ufonaut Radio is uh, reports new happenings within ufology and exopolitics and new science. So if it's weird, we usually try to cover it. Um, I think Alejandro, of course, is our news correspondent, and he usually opens up our show. We've been doing this together for a year and change now almost, and I think it's, uh, I mean, without tooting my own horn, I don't think there's too many programs out there uh, that are worthy, if you're really interested in this field, of getting the inside scoop on what's really going on. There's just a handful, so I, I like to think that I'm in that small uh, list, short list, um, and that's what we do. We, we have a new members area that we've been tooting around, and uh, we've been getting yeah, some tell, folks, a lot of overseas lists. Tell everybody how they can actually uh, get to the members area. If you go to ufotv.com, you can sign up. Um, it's very similar to many other uh, members areas for radio shows that some folks have joined, but the difference with this one is uh, we're, we're providing people with multiple bonus content. So you get ebooks, you get e magazines, 
and you get audio MP3s. So you're getting a lot of cool stuff if you're interested in ufology from this one hub. And I think that's what makes it a little special. So, for instance, we had Jim Mosley on last week from Saucer Smear, and he has the oldest ufology publication in existence, and we give it to our members as a piece of bonus content. So it's things like that that I think makes it pretty appealing for a couple of cups of coffee. You get to be part of a UFO club, so to speak. You know, Coast to Coast is great, but they do a lot of things, and they're kind of riddled with these really, really long, drawn-out, horrible commercials. And one of our big things that we try to toot is we are two hours of commercial-free radio. So we get into it with somebody, and we can just sit like we're talking now without having to break every three minutes to go to you know a commercial about sea crane or gold or roseanne bar or whoever else you know and, and it, it sort of breaks up the whole thing and um, so that's what we're about we, we just started it and we're pretty excited about it and like i said we have listeners from uh, Af- I, have a, I have a guy in afghanistan who's a paratrooper who listens to us on patrol i have people in japan i have people in india i have lots of people in the uk and I think it's fantastic. I'm really excited about being a part of it. I haven't been a, a, better, a veteran like Alejandro, but uh, but I'm slowly catching up. I think I'm going to catch up to him. Watch out, Alejandro. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny you're saying that about uh, coast to coast and how they, you know, every three minutes you go to a different commercial. I remember just a few years ago when Art was still on the air, they were actually hawking HGH, human growth hormone, on the air. You were hearing the commercials. They were actually trying to sell it. Now we all know exactly what kind of mess that's getting uh, Major League Baseball in. <laughs> that's awesome. I remember that. <laughs> that's all, that kind of dates me how back I, I go with with that show. I, I've been listening for years also. It's, uh, it's, it's, one, of the, it's one of the shows that really got me into the subject. Alejandro, now, you also are a member of MUFON, and you, you, know, you host your show, as, uh, as we were saying earlier, on Block Talk Radio as well. Tell us a little bit about MUFON and what you guys are up to uh, these days. Okay. Oh, and I did. I wanted to say I did catch the Jim Mosley the rest of the show. So, you know, when I called in to uh, UFO Not, uh, I didn't have my internet up, and you uh, know, I did my piece, and then I was done. And I thought, well, shoot, I can just stay on the phone and listen. So, I was able to listen to the rest of the show. So that was a great show last week that you had, cool, Jesse. Thanks. Very interesting, that guy. <laughs> but. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, um, this is going to be news. I haven't had a show for a couple weeks, and so this show I'm going to be updating people um, because I am not – I'm still a MUFON member, but I'm no longer the director of public education with MUFON. Oh, wow. Um, Because I've gone to a group called Open Minds, and this is cool. This is in Arizona. So I'm moving my my radio show. This week is UFO Think Tank. Next week it's going to be called Open Minds. And we're going to move it to Thursday at 4 uh, Pacific. So you can nice. coasters. It'll be around 7 o'clock. So not too late. Well, yeah, we'll definitely so, uh, keep, we'll keep an open mind in that. We'll definitely uh, listen. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, so. Or Yeah, still a member of MUFON. And we're actually open minds. You're going to see. We just got our website up, openminds.tv. Uh, and we'll have my radio show on that 
page sometime next week. And then uh, we're also going to be hosting MUFON site. So we're working with them, um, and I'll still be able to help MUFON out. So you, you'll see a brand-new awesome site when you go to MUFON.com in the next few weeks here, and you'll see it's going to be powered by Open Mind. So we're going to be able to update their site and hopefully give it a cooler new look like our site. If you go look at Open Mind, it's a pretty cool-looking site. And that will be updated and changing all the time, too. So, yeah, doing my radio show, I think I think of it, in my mind, as kind of um, Charlie Rose type of thing where just real mellow, bringing some guys on and talking. Um, although, of course, I'm, I'm a little sillier than Charlie, Charlie Rose. So. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. No, it is. I, I do the show for fun also. I mean, I'm, I don't try to profit. Of uh, of doing these shows on on Block Talk Radio, I just do it you know out of fun, and of course for the love of the subject, which it's it's funny this has become a little bit uh, of a, of I guess a turf war going on now in ufology uh, on here on Block Talk Radio. I know you guys are familiar with uh, the AZ Radio Show. I don't know if that's exactly the way. AZ. AZ. There we go. I think AZ for Arizona. There we go. Yeah, exactly. Now are you guys familiar with what's been going on? I guess the guy's name is Rich. Is it? Yeah. Rich Giordano. Yeah, exactly. What's going on with this guy? I mean, I, I listened to one of his shows. He was causing some trouble on there, uh, trying to start some beef. Like, when did you follow you become, you know, Death Row Records? When did it become hip hop and gangster rap? <laughs> I mean, uh, we, we are a civilized uh, people in ufology, I, I would assume, I would hope. I know no, Jesse's but... got some opinions about these guys. You, you know what? <laughs> Thanks, Alejandro. Um, <laughs> I still want to finish finish talking about Romanek, but if you want to get on this, I, I have a couple of things I can share. Sure. Oh, we can go back to Romanek in a minute. It's not a problem. <laughs> okay, fine. Fair enough. Well, I know that sometimes it's fun to, to to go back and forth. It seems that my short stint in ufology, a lot of people enjoy uh, fighting with each other rather than supporting the cause. And it's a group effort if you want to get anything accomplished and I think part of this show, if we could talk about some of my thoughts about how a disclosure event could actually take place, uh, it, it does differ a lot from what Steve Bassett talks about. Um, okay. And I defend Steve Bassett a lot. I think a lot of people might think we're friends, and I always remind people, I don't even talk to the guy offline. So um, if, if anything, I, I almost had a disagreement with, with, with him and Roswell about Stan Romanek. Getting back to some of these other uh, podcasts I've had, I call them like the bottom feeder hate guys. There's a bunch of them, and you guys know who they are. They've attacked me. Some of them, this guy in particular, uh, I've spoken to him on the phone. He pretended to be friendly towards me, and uh, he wanted to do a guest spot. And I, I, I approached him. I thought he would be fun. I didn't realize that uh, he, he is really about bashing people, more or less, and, and um as he follows in the footsteps of some of these other folks, and I guess they get their jollies on trying to pick people off and uh, destroy their credibility, both within ufology but also outside of it. And that's where I get a little upset because I don't think anyone has the right, number one, nobody here has a degree in ufology from any accredited universities that I know of. So everyone's okay. trying to do the best that they can. Um, I don't think anybody's getting rich in ufology. I've met one person that is driving a Mercedes SLK uh, from ufology profits, okay? I know yeah. that 
I sure am not. I drive a 99 Cherokee, folks. So if you think <laughs> if you think I'm kicking ass from my membership club, you're sadly mistaken. I wish I could report something different. Maybe uh, some of the other – maybe uh, Nori's driving a Ferrari, but I sure ain't. Um, but these guys, they cross the line a lot. I know that I saw uh, the AZ show in particular. It was doing a show about who's gay in ufology, and I yeah. just think that's – that is so low class. So uh, someone who I thought was a decent guy, again, when you get involved in this subject, you're going to get burned a few times. And I, I got burned. I thought he was a decent guy. And the next thing I know, he's doing shows um, about me. You know, I mean, the guy talks more about me uh, than he does about his own show. Because to this day, he never, he never seems to have any guests on. And it's it's about an hour about him just spewing. So... I Did he determine if you, that you were gay? <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't listen to that show. I boycotted. And I hey, your know girlfriend, might, your girlfriend might have a little problem with that. With, with that, if he comes off saying yeah. you're gay. <laughs> I don't know. Did he say I was gay? That'd be pretty funny. But I yeah, know. You know, half, halfway through the show, I tuned off myself. It was just too much for my senses. I have gay family members, and you know, just uh, to to kind of go on that that route. Well, I do have gay family members. I'm totally cool with gay people. I have no problems, no issues with that. I'm not gay myself, and I, you know, I support ufology. I am in kind of a ufology in a sense. Uh, as a supporter, I host a show here, uh, which we, you know, tackle this topic. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's very not only insensitive; it's just morally wrong to attack people that you know you don't have you have no proof whatsoever on any well, personal only, level. Like I said, he tried to attack this membership area. Um, for, uh, think of the membership area as PBS. I mean, we got to keep this thing right. up and running. Um, I provide the top-notch guests in the field. This guy, he, he sits in his, in his kitchen or something and just spews for an hour and calls it a, a radio program. There's a big difference. Uh, there's a lot of I production. Have my... So yeah. I, I, I got to kind of put that forth to people so that they realize people are used to getting content for free so much in this day and yep. age that when they finally have to cough up even a dollar, they, they start going bananas. And um, – you know, it's silly. I'm not. I'm not a big profiteer from ufology, as Richard Dolan said on the program a couple of weeks ago with me. Again, a guy who's not going to do the AZ UFO show. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, he said this is a religion to us, and it is. It is. Yes, firmly, I believe in the existence of UFOs. I do it as as my my career for for that particular reason, no other. And I partially live in Oregon because it's cheaper to live in Los Angeles. So yeah. put all things together, and I try not to talk about the bottom feeders, I call them. And you know who the other guys are, too. They're just as bad. They cross the line all the time. They're not nice people in general. And I'm sure that they're not nice people outside of ufology, but I would just ask them this. Stick within ufology. If you have a beef with somebody, don't insult them on a personal level. And don't yeah, do trouble there. Yeah, you don't need to go there because everybody has cloth, and no one's getting rich. That's all I'm going to say on it. Yeah, I completely agree, Jesse, 110%. And by the way, you have my uh, my money for the uh, club there. I'm, I'm a member <laughs> of the club. <laughs> all right. I, I suggest everybody join the club, man. It's actually very cool. Uh, I've downloaded a bunch of the episodes already. I've been listening to uh, the podcast. Uh, very cool stuff. Everybody out there listening, uh, go check out the uh, the members area and, and sign up. Now, Alejandro, I know you're trying to get in some something in there uh, as Jesse well, was going on. <laughs> yeah, well, 
Alejandro, go ahead. <laughs> I was, I'm going to say now that I have your money, I could probably go down for the uh, cash for clunkers before they they can't. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there yeah, you go. I, I, I mostly like to be the uh, the diplomat of ufology. I, I I try to be very diplomatic and not make anybody upset. Uh, yes, these things do. that I say publicly, um, you know, Jesse's heard some of my opinions and has tried to draw out a little more of my deeper set opinions. But I yes. think I've been pretty good at at not letting him get me to yes, say anything that I think would hurt anybody's feelings. Maybe I have. But uh, Giordano. What I think was interesting, I first found out about him in the Flash Walkers uh, DVD, that great documentary that Robert Miles did, and he had some really great UFO video that he had taken here in Arizona. So he seemed to be an interesting guy. So when I went to go listen to his show, I thought, wow, this ought to be neat, you know. And then, and then he's like, oh, you know, he does this Andrew <laughs> Dice Clay Yes. That's exactly what he sounds like. Yeah, he's like, you know, and that ufology needed an Andrew Dice Clay, I guess. And I guess <laughs> it is a niche, and maybe it would make him popular, just like some of those other more negative guys can be. But um, I just found it interesting that he decided to do things that way, and. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, people will, are just kind of taken aback. They're like, wow, is this guy, you know, I've heard so many comments. Is he imbalanced, you know? Is he, is it some kind of psychological issue he's having here? Where maybe he's, he's uh, maybe he's an agent of, uh, dis- maybe this has an agent of disinformation. As you know, there's been plenty of those through the years of uh, come out wherever there's a hot uh, area, for example, like radio or blog talk, which has now become popular with uh, these kind of bro- podcasts. Maybe he's just an agent of uh, misinformation, so not to uh, hurt the you know the field. No. Well, I remember when he doesn't get enough listeners for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember when he called in to Jesse's show, and he's all, "What was he saying?" He was, and I know it was him, and he was because you could tell by his voice, and he's he's saying, "Oh, Nancy Talbot's a man. You can't tell me Nancy Talbot's not a man." And uh, I remember you hung up, and you were like. That can't be who he said he was because I talked to him and he's a nice guy and and then he wrote me two emails saying that he wanted to come on to say that someone had been trying to uh, was an imposter and was impersonating him, um, which, which is obviously probably a lie. So probably. you know, like maybe there is maybe there is some mental issues going on there. I don't know. I thought the guy was nice offline, but I'll say the same thing. I spoke to David Beatney uh, from Paracast once offline, uh, and he called to tried to stab me in the back about something and uh the guy was nice for about you know a couple minutes and he, he really uh, i fell for it i fell in in a little web of these hater guys and um they're out there you know there's the guys yeah. out there and they all think they're fox molders or something <laughs> and at the end of the day everybody knows nothing really and that's what that's yeah. what i find so hilarious none of these guys really know anything they don't know shit but they think that they do, which is the, the funniest thing in the world. If you listen to that show, those guys are just absolute Einsteins. But Shustak thinks he knows everything too. But these people don't know anything. Fifty years ago, what we thought was reality, we didn't know anything. And now the, the things that are uh, happening now technologically, they would have thought we were nuts. So 
it's the same thing. It's this vicious cycle, and that's why I like to keep an open mind, whether it's Sheldon Knight of the Galactic Federation of Light or Brian Wood talking about, you know, UFO crashes, recovery. Because at the end of the day, there's no way that these guys know if these guys are legitimate or not. Um, So they've got a lot of nerve kind of just trying to destroy people and especially accusing them of trying to be just total profiteers because it's, it's just not true. Well, Jesse, and, and both, both of you guys can, can answer this in your own way. I mean, I know you're going to have individual answers, but correct me if I'm wrong, and at least in my case, this is the case, don't, are most people that are involved in ufology get involved in ufology because they have a, a real love or passion for the subject because it's something that, that piqued their interest and there's something they wanted you know, to really discover and find out more information on. I mean, just because the person is trying to make a living off of something or, you know, making a buck for, you know, his hard work, that shouldn't, you know, go, you know, to, you know, it shouldn't be something that you create a beef over, I don't think. And, I mean, it's, it, it is very silly to uh, create a whole argument over somebody just trying to make some money off of you, all of you when really you're putting your time, your effort, your talent forward. I mean, it, it's ridiculous, really, the, the whole argument. Well, this, this is America. Go ahead, Alejandro. Especially here in America, people kind of feel nothing is, I mean, it's the rule of thumb here in America mm-hmm. that nothing's worth doing unless you make money from it. So, you know, you have this catch-22 where people are like, they look at you funny, why do you do that if you're not making any money and it costs you money? Exactly. But then well, when the you the, make money from it, they're like, they hate you. oh, you know, you're just profiting from it. So. Yeah. And nobody's making money. Those people, let's take Richard Dolan, like you mentioned. He's got books out. He sells books. They're in Barnes and Noble. He's not making money. He's maybe making some of the money back that he spent in this field on that. Yeah. Same with Jesse. I'm sure Jesse spent way more money putting on his show and, and buying equipment and doing all of that than he's made off of the, the membership thing. You know, lots of these people are spending more than they're making um, just like Stan, you know, people are like, oh, look, he wants to write a book to make all this money. He's not making any money. For God's sakes, if you've seen what this poor man has gone through, uh, it, it definitely, does, any little bit of money that he gets here and there does not at all compensate for what he spent on health bills, medical bills, on uh, a bunch of other, even honestly, I don't, think he would mind me sharing therapy because obviously it's psychologically trying. Oh, yeah, traumatic. No, but I mean, his case is a case of, as an abductee or, or a contactee. I'm talking about in general in the field of people who host shows like your show, like Jesse's show, mm-hmm. uh, like Coast to Coast, like the show here. Uh, you know, people like us are in ufology because of our love for the subject. I mean, yeah. I personally got involved because of the subject itself and it's something that, you know, piqued my interest and I liked. And I'm sure you guys could agree that this is the reason why you do it, you know, completely yeah. is the reason why you do it. Whatever profit you can make, that's secondary. I mean, that's, again, we, li- we live in America, folks. Uh, unfortunately, this is a cash-driven society. Everything costs money. Well, we have to pay rent, right? You know, we have to we have exactly. to vote. Yeah. I remind some of my listeners sometimes when they write me these mails, I say, guys, do you go to work? And uh, if they say, hey, we're not going to pay you this week, would you keep going? Um, exactly. You know, yeah. Let's get back to, to something I really wanted to bring up because um, uh, sure, I don't want to sure. spend too much time talking about AZ and these other bottom feeder shows. Um, <laughs> I think what I, what I would suggest for Romanek is this, and 
one of the reasons I give him a lot more credibility is because of Alejandro, because Alejandro is a stand-up guy. He's a veteran in the field. I yes. consider him the, the new guard, as I, as I talk about. So to me, I'm not a researcher, all right? I'm a, I'm a radio host. I'm a vessel. I bring on people like Alejandro, right, who are out in the field. That's why another reason why I think some of these hosts should shut their mouths, because they don't even do any research. Um, Here's my, here's my take. When I saw the Bob Lazar video, um, Secrets of the Government Bible uh, or Excerpts of the Government Bible, I, for, I forgot what the title was, his underground video that he made, you guys all saw it. Um, um, yep. That is exactly what Stan needs to do. Screw the ABCs and the mm-hmm. major stream networks. We know they're going to chop it. We know they're going to hack it. We know they have an agenda. He needs to, if he wants to fight back properly, he needs to do what Lazar did. Lazar, to this day, everyone is still shaking heads because they can't figure out what this guy did, why he did it. He obviously didn't write the book. He didn't do the movie with New Line that everybody thought he was going to do and all this other stuff. He didn't profit. He did this video with a, a, a home camera basically in case he got killed so that the truth got out. And this thing was viral as hell. It convinced me of a lot of things. And I think if Stan really wanted to get this across, that he should talk to a Serata or one of these other uh, decent filmmakers that do these kind of things, talks to a, uh, a James um, uh, Fox. Who I, James Fox, James thank Fox. you. Yeah. Or one of these guys who, who could really do it correctly. doesn't have to be high gloss. The Lazar tape wasn't high gloss. Okay? Yeah. And if the is really there, which, like I said, I gotta trust Alejandro on this. Um, then, yeah, do it that way, don't you guys? Think? Well, there's well, and there's a good point because another person that Lazar had in his court that made him big was George Knapp. He had an actual journalist who cared about the truth and did some actual investigation, and George Knapp was able to help because he found a ton of stuff that supported Bob Lazar's claims. He proved that. Bob Lazar worked at LANL, you know, Sandia Labs. They walked right in. He proved a lot of of Lazar's claims. So you're right, and I'll let you know, we are working with people. I'm working with uh, some people, um, great people, that we're working on putting something together. So you'll see more. There's There's more coming, and I think, I hope, that I have convinced Dan of just what you're talking about. Of let's chill out on these people we can't trust. If we don't know them, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to do the right thing. We have to stick with people that we trust and we have track records of doing good work. Yeah, I mean, we we know we know who controls these stations. We know who owns yeah. them. And why are we going to put? If you have something so close to your heart, do you think Bob Lazar would have trusted um, Dateline? or Geraldo, one of these creeps, to do a special on him? No. I'm sorry. He's just too damn smart, and he was very smart. He, and well, Bob real... is a genius, and I don't think Stan will mind if I tell you that. Stan is not a genius. Bob <laughs> is a you very savvy, that around smart as, I know you guys toot that around as, that, as if it's, it's part of something that can be utilized to help his case, and to a certain extent, yes, but to a certain extent, at this point, it needs to come out in a, a really well-done 
way the real story. And it needs to happen quickly, not another two years, or else he's going to be labeled as another, you know, Jonathan Reed type character. And it's going to be a shame yeah. if it's a, it, it really has the kind of meat that you guys are talking about. Because from that story, uh, I thought he looked terrible. Yeah. I, and I, I, he's been on my show. He's a very nice person. But I thought he looked terrible. I thought he, he, he didn't look credible. I thought he looked kind of silly. Um, and I think they made his whole story seem incredibly silly. And I, and, and I didn't see anything about his story that was remotely intriguing upon shutting off that program. So I, I just felt bad for him because I know, according to you and some other pretty high-level, top-notch people that I respect, there is a lot to this case. So it's a yeah, shame. Al- Al- Alejandro, Alejandro, didn't, didn't uh, Stan Romanek actually fail a polygraph test that I think was administered by Costa-Cola? Yeah, and uh, George Norrie's really disappointed about that. I know, um, but uh, you know, on the MUFON show, we did that too with an abductee. But here's the problem with polygraph tests: you have to say yes or no, right? And those are the only options. And if you ask an abductee, "Were you taken out of your bed in the middle of night by aliens?" How do you say yes or no? Most of the time they say, I don't know. I remember a bright light and floating in the air and these strange creatures, and that's just like him. I remember this or that, you know. Uh, So, um, you know, how do you say? Just like even with Stan, if you were to ask him, was that an extraterrestrial in your window? Because people ask him that all the time. He's like, I don't know, it's just some weird creature because I saw it run away, but um, I don't know. Even now, have you, you know, taken any uh, other have you taken any other polygraph tests since that test, or, or is that the only no, one? No, and people have suggested that, but I don't know that that's going to help. I mean, maybe if you were careful around the questions, but even if you're careful around the questions, and people are going to accuse you, oh, you asked easy questions, or you set it up because you he knew the questions and. It's a lose-lose situation. I advise not to do it at all. Uh, I agree. I don't yeah. give any to polygraph. I think anyone, including myself, could fail one about where I live right now. I just think if you're under uh, an immense amount of stress and you're nervous, which obviously you would be, there's a really good chance that you're going to flub. And I don't really that, – that didn't sway my opinion of Stan at all, to be honest with you. Yeah. If, if that's, let, let's put it this way, guys. If it was such a credible art form, it'd be admissible in court, and it's not. You cannot use it against somebody in a court of law. Yeah, so, true. why why do people even put a lot of, you know, put a lot of leverage on this? It, it's silly. I, I don't like think Travis at all. Walton, you know, well, Travis failed. To... Travis failed the first polygraph he took, or it came back inconclusive, I guess. And then he exactly, the and they call, they call that a fail. They call that a fail. Polygraph examiner is a fail. And unless they absolutely for sure know that there was no movement on, you know, the, those electrical and impulse levels, you know, they'll they'll call it a fail like they did with Walton. I mean, there's six men there. One man had some inconclusive on some answers, and so the whole thing was a failure. And then they did it several times later, and they never failed again. But like Jesse said, you're nervous. There are certain constraints that polygraph tests are not supposed to be done under. And, in fact, 
some of those were broken even with Stan because he was taking medication that is not supposed to be taken under, you're not supposed to test people under these medications. Um, and you no, know, what sort of, what sort of medication is he taking? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember the details on it, but um, I would have to look into that. But he's got a lot of medical. He's. This is another factor that you know ABC could have touched on. He's got a lot of medical issues that the doctors cannot explain. Really. And uh, so, and I mean, these some of these are heavy duty. Uh, so and so he's had a really rough time. I mean, if you saw him on Larry King when he was on Larry King last summer. I feel like he under his eyes. No. We were afraid he was going to just flop on the ground right in the middle of the show. I mean, he has not been of good health. No, I, I agree also with uh, Jesse. The, the proper way of taking his case, I think, really is doing it with the people you trust, doing it, in a sense, taking it underground, really, taking it to, like, the, to the people. Guys, guys, I so agree. Like guys, we is, all is, agree. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah Zeitgeist is a perfect example. Zeitgeist is a perfect example for that. I mean, they they put something online for free. They told you this is what we think. This is our you know our opinion. Like it or not, this is what it is. And you know everybody just saw it. Now, how many millions of people have not seen Zeitgeist by now? Well, that's right. And yeah. and I'll tell you something. When that hit um, my mailbox when I was working at Yahoo, uh, within I bet you 30 minutes, it was global just through the yeah. Yahoo network all over the world in the offices, okay? You now, have to watch can it. you imagine the Stan Romanek case that everybody knows about already if they did something like that? And well, I'll hopefully it'll one, get there. Well, I'll, I'll go one step further and say that even if ABC had done a good job with the Stan Romanek piece, which they didn't, obviously, um, and we all knew that they wouldn't. See, that's the part that ticked yep. me off. Is <laughs> I knew that it was going to be terrible, and they didn't disappoint. But yep. <laughs> if they had done a decent job, because it says ABC on it, we still wouldn't have believed it very much. So yeah. that's about going underground, and when you really go right to the people, go go independent film channel, go go to Sundance if you want, but stay away from mainstream. And and, and if Stan gets in with some of the right people, and Alejandro um, seems to have his ear, which is good, uh, because. He's going to fall into the right hands there, but man, he for now. Well, for now, as long as well, I know someone he's... else doesn't come along and seduce him, which is always possible. Um, for now, we're oh, no. on track, so I hope it, it stays on track. But you know, these guys are savvy snakes in the ground, and you know, they will they will lie, cheat, and steal. And you, I always try to tell investigators, and this is one reason I love Leo Sprinkle. Because he likes to be, when he's investigating um, abductees and, and UFOs, he's a therapist first. And a lot of researchers don't treat um, alleged abductees. I was very skeptical of the whole abduction thing until I met several of them, saw UFOs with several of them, um, saw the physical evidence that they had. And abductees obviously have a lot of issues. There's they're dealing with some stressful stuff and weird stuff. And uh, researchers get really impatient with abductees. They get frustrated, and they try to bark at them and yell at them and tell them what to do. And it happens in a lot of cases, stands included, dozens of people have come. And then 
They try to steal evidence, and they try to do underhanded things a lot of times. And, you know, people have gotten frustrated with Leo because he will say no, you know, at certain times where they're like, you need to get this information and this information and this information. And Leo will say no, they're not comfortable. It's not the right thing to do right now. Um, it may traumatize them. If it's not going to help their state of mind, then that's number one above, you know, anything else. And um, I personally feel the same way, that you have to be extremely patient with these people. And they're, they're normal Joes, typically. Why that is, I don't know. Why they're not really, you know, scientists or, or not even very many scientists are necessarily street smart, but, you know, why they're not real savvy people, I don't know. This actually takes me to, to you know, next point I want to talk about. Uh, the U.K. files just got released recently, and uh, there's been a big hoopla about that, where they opened up more of their books and they opened up more of the cases that, uh, you know, they've uh, looked at over the last 20, 30 years. And, of course, in the same week, there was a report that you, the UFO, I guess UFO reporting took a huge spike in the 90s when the, you know, the movies like Independence Day came out and Men in Black and all these other Hollywood films. And there seems to be a spike correlating with these films that are coming out. Uh, do you think there really is any correlation? Of, you know, I mean, like you said, a lot of these cases, you know, is mostly hearsay, especially the abduction cases. It's hearsay or there's, uh, you know, you do hypnotic uh, regression. I think personally the best cases are the cases where there's actually trace evidence, like, you know, implants and things like that. Those are really the, the meat cases, those are the meaty cases. I know there's a lot of great work being done in those cases, but you know, after hearing all these different, uh, you know, news that's come out the last couple of weeks, I haven't really heard much about, you know, cases with actual people that have been having implants removed. Uh, do you guys know anything that might be going on in that in that department at all? Or? Alejandro, well, uh, you probably have more knowledge about it. I have some ideas uh, with my frustrations about disclosure in general and moving on and with next steps. But uh, Alejandro, if you have to add on that, I have nothing. Okay, yeah, I'll answer these questions, and then you can tell us about your ideas there. But um, <laughs> okay. the, I think that it, the, the whole explaining away the 90s sightings with X-Files and uh, is Independence Day is pretty ridiculous. I mean, we've had popular UFO sci-fi movies and television shows for decades. Yep. You, you know, you've had Star Trek, you know, tons of different Star Treks. You've had, and these are extremely popular shows. So I think that's pretty silly, and I think it's another thing where it's these news organizations grabbing at straws and trying to get a little security blanket over them so they don't, you know, feel like they're hurting their credibility too bad by taking these British files seriously. But these British but files... But it's funny that that comes out the same week that the British files came out, that they, yeah, they opened yeah. up their files. Well, they got that from the British files. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so, and that was their way of explaining away those 90 sightings that came out in the British files. So the British files, though, I think are... So, and I talk about them a lot on Jesse's show, on my show, because they're absolutely wonderful. I mean, every time a batch of these files come out, there's something extraordinary and revealing, and the stories start, and they spread slowly, and then they finally make it over here to America, 
and sometimes they're making big news. I mean, the Milton Torres thing with the U.S. Air Force officer who was told to, before he left the ground, he's told, you're going to chase a UFO, and you shoot that damn thing, you launch all your missiles at that thing. You know, typically you go check something out before you're told to launch on it. So he was like, he thought he was dead. He was like, holy <laughs> crap, I've got to go launch on a UFO. Those are my orders. And when he flew <laughs> off, and he was relieved when that thing took off before he got close enough to shoot at it. So, you know, that story made it huge. When it came over here to the U.S., I saw a Fox News interview that's great with Nick uh, Pope who work for the Ministry of Defense and is helping them with the release of their files. And Nick Pope had talked about, yeah, this isn't the first time there's been dogfights. Uh, and the reporter was like, what? Dogfights? And he's like, oh, yeah, certainly. Dogfights with, with UFOs. There's a lot of them in these reports. You, you'll see more coming out. And he's like, holy crap. You know, this reporter was really America's Newsroom was the show. He was really taken aback by that. So these stories, even this batch, one of the stories that um, the store, this batch only just hit the U.S. USA Today and Reuters reported on it today or yesterday. And uh, one of the stories that hasn't hit the U.S. yet is the Rendlesham Forest and how the head of the armed forces, Admiral Hill Norton, had scolded the armed forces for not, the Ministry of Defense, for not taking the Rendlesham Forest incident serious enough. He was pressuring them to take it serious and to do something about it until finally they released a report that said there was no national um, threat to security, uh, which he thought was ridiculous, which Nick Pope, of course, thinks is ridiculous. And so that's how they kind of squashed it, even though they've never figured out what happened there, no matter how much those guys on Larry King, I can't remember who was, and maybe even Seth Shostak, who was saying, oh, they mistaken, you know, that was a, a, a light beacon that was way out miles away, that was somehow flying through the forest. And, and dropping little beacons of light. <laughs> yeah, dropping and dropping and, <laughs> yeah, and coming back again and leaving and flying up <laughs> over the forest. So, uh, these these files are really cool. As far as, um, if I can leave that and go on to your second question about the abductions, it yeah, does I mean, seem the, like... The, mm -hmm, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. It does seem as though they have tapered, and you don't hear um, much about implants anymore. And I don't think exactly. personal experience with uh, being out in the field, you know, I had more of these people coming to me in the 90s than I do anymore, at least in the early 2000s even. And these days you don't hear about that much. And even when you do hear from people, they've talked about experiences that they had in the past. There are a few cases out there, and uh, Stan's is, is one of them, but um, mostly it seems that that has tapered off. You don't even hear Roger Lear talking about taking any implants out lately. So... I think you're right in seeing that there seems to be a trend that way. Yeah, definitely. Maybe they uh, figured funny. out what they were going to do and they're they're done. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. To to me, I think that you know, anytime you have trace evidence, it's something that should be uh, 
definitely research a little bit more. It's funny that it is tapering off a bit. Maybe they have uh, discovered all they wanted to discover and they're done tagging us. <laughs> yeah, well, one interesting theory, which I thought was, is that they were literally creating a new race that was half really? them and half us. The best of That's us. The whole hybrid the theory, the hybridization. Yeah, yeah, the whole hybrid theory. And it was because their gene pool has been so depleted that they're goners. That yeah. the greys are, are, they've got a limited time. So they created this hybrid that can uh, reproduce and continue the gene pool. And it's the best of us and the best of them. So essentially they'll die off. And what will be left are these hybrids. It was funny. I was I watching know. a, I was watching a special on uh, the History Channel about the Nazis, uh, UFOs, and uh, the fact that they built the uh, first UFOs, uh, built by man. Which uh, a lot of people say that they actually got the technology uh, through contact with aliens themselves. Some, you know, say there was just black projects they're working on. As we know, we actually did take a lot of the scientists from the Nazi government. Uh, I believe Van Braun was one of the main scientists we took we took from uh, Germany and brought him over, and he worked on a lot of the projects out here. I was watching a special, actually, on the Avril car. Are you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. The Canadian sure car. Exactly, the Avril car. Now, they were showing a special how they were kind of doing a correlation how a lot of the UFO sightings were just test flights of the Avril car. Well, the Avril car only went a few feet off the ground, and it couldn't we know of. for very long. Um, yeah, that we know of. You're right. And there are the Nazi things, you know. Uh, we bought the records from Wendell Stevens, and I was talking to him about this this week. And he's someone who worked for the Air Force decades ago, even in the 40s, and he investigated a couple UFO sightings. And he is under the belief that just what you're talking about, that it possibly a large amount, possibly the majority of UFOs that are seen are highly advanced, um, what Stephen Greer would call ARVs, alien reproduction vehicles that are, like you said, the Nazi UFOs or advanced Avros or dish-shaped um, advanced crafts that are being flown around by these secret space programs and stuff like that. So who knows, you know, he's gotten some insider witnesses who have um, talked about building those things. So it's always difficult to say. I feel with any sighting, Unless, you know, it lands and you have these ETs come out and say, hey, I'm, I'm uh, Dorak from Zeta Reticuli, you, it's impossible to know whether it's extraterrestrial or advanced uh, human technology because Lord knows in these black projects they got to have some amazing stuff. Oh, yeah. No, and the reason I brought that up is because, of course, Hitler was working on genetics. He was working on, you know, perfecting a race, right. which kind of right. correlates to what you're saying about the greys, uh, working on gene splicing genetics. Uh, you never know. Maybe Hitler made it off the planet with the greys and uh, helped yeah. them along. Or <laughs> That'd be funny. Well, I mean, I they, I've never heard of any little greys with a short mustache. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think we might have seen him in the autopsy. The alien. It kind of looked like Hitler a little yeah. bit. <laughs> it was a little Hitler-ish to that alien. It's funny, uh, there's a, you know, the, the UFO field is a, it's definitely a field that it's there with mystery. It's a, it's raveled in mystery, and I think that's the beautiful thing about any kind of uh, any kind of thing you do for you know for the love of it is the mystery behind it. Uh, we're you know we're going to be talking about UFOs till disclosure does happen. Now, when that will happen, 
oh man, that's gonna be the mother of all of all shits hitting the fan. <laughs> you know, part, pardon my French. <laughs> I mean, when disclosure does happen, it's going to be crazy. The mystery will be unraveled. I mean, do you think the – I mean, because ufology is a very popular field at the moment, exopolitics, ufology. It's a popular field. There's, you know, a lot of people, especially underground like ourselves, that are really into the subject. Do you think the uh, the same popularity will stick around if disclosure does happen? Jesse, Alejandro, whichever one take that. Well, I, I think so. I think it will be bigger, but, yeah, go ahead. Well – you know, I have a couple of thoughts. First of all, it seems as though they've done a terrific job, they, right, who are they, yeah, they. majestic, whoever you want to believe. They've done this terrific job in the past 30 to 50 years of making anyone who believes in ufology and the existence of extraterrestrials visiting this planet, coexisting with us, having influence on our species, possibly seeding us here, you're either two things. You're nuts or you are un-American, okay? Uh, they've done the same thing with 9-11. You mm-hmm. question 9-11, you're un-American. How dare you? How dare you, right? But yet, Building uh, 7 went down and no plane hit it. Right, and, and the, the, <laughs> the, the, the transparency of that, ca- of that case and investigation was as transparent as a, uh, a three-foot-thick f- lead safe, okay? Yeah. Um, it, it, <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay, so no one really knows what the hell that investigation did and didn't do, and we don't know what our own president and our vice president even testified about because that was kept under wraps. Yeah, I love that. I love when they asked Bush why they kept, uh, you know, the press away from uh, from the from the meeting, <laughs> because they, pretty much we don't want to tell you anything. I mean, that was the only answer he really could think of, and they, and they said they answered all the answers correctly and honestly. That's a bunch right. of bull. So, you know, they've done a terrific job. At it. You know, now you have over 200 or so architects that are definitely uh, have formed a coalition that want more answers mm-hmm. about 9-11. You have uh, people who are weapons demolition experts who have come together. You have pilots that have formed associations about wanting answers because they believed that some of the, the uh, aviation um, tactics that were utilized – weren't even possible, okay, uh, from a pilot's perspective. So put that aside for a second. Let's get back to UFOs. Disclosure. <laughs> now, the guys who have come closest to making any progress in this area are, are some of the guys that are uh, get spit on the most, which I find annoying, and I get a lot of heat for backing some of these guys. But Greer started it, and he, is, he deserves the accolades. Is he an egomaniac? Perhaps. Does he go off on tangents about things that I don't really care about? Yes. Um, it doesn't really matter. The point is this. The only way to make a big splash, and everyone is dying for it. That's the sad part. Your neighbor wants to see it too. Nobody doesn't want to sit in front of the news one day and see that there has been a congressional hearing coming up that's going to be public view, uh, publicly viewed with uh, let's let's say 50. There could be a hell of a lot more, but 50 of the top ex-military, ex-pilot, ex-astronaut folks who wanted to come forward to testify about their experiences with UFOs and extraterrestrial craft. Okay, without getting with that, with having their security oaths released. If they could do that, it's over. 
okay? If you let those people speak in public in front of yeah. Congress, it's over. They can't do it. it. They will never let it happen unless they take these press conference meetings, these national press club events, one step further somehow. And I'm not sure how to do that, but I think they've come to the edge. They've brought the people on the silver platter, and they said, no, we won't talk to you guys. And the reason they won't talk to them is real simple, because even the big shots in Congress are still tiny little bugs in the machine, and they know it will be committing total political suicide if they back this even one iota. So that is the sad part. So all the faxing that Bassett is doing and everything else that he's doing I think is terrific. I just unfortunately, without an open congressional hearing with these folks that Greer brought from the beginning, he's the first guy to, to do it. Then they did it twice more with Fox and others. If they front of Congress, they got something. If they can't, you're going to be stuck because I have people, like I just went to a barbecue last night, it's the same old questions. Why don't they just land in a public place? And then there would be no questions. And obviously the three of us can answer that question for an hour. There's about a hundred really reasons why they don't do that, right? Well, well they did. Said, I like to yeah, say they, they, they haven't. In the, 50s, in the 50s, they had a bunch of Washington being buzzed. On the Washington yep. Post front page, they had pictures of UFOs and the Air Force pilots saying, yeah, we chased them. We couldn't catch them. And it happened in the 50s, and still they were flying. able to. A, uh, we're talking about uh, the fourth kind, the fifth kind. Yeah. We're talking actual getting the craft, meeting with people. I'm not talking about Billy Myers. Either stood still. Yeah, I'm talking about, first <laughs> I'm talking about District 9. I'm talking about, you know, open communication um, and people, uh, your regular Joe is going to fall back on that. Uh, but they wouldn't if I sit there and I say, do you realize, Mr. Typical Joe at a barbecue, that just for instance, many presidents, ex-presidents, and people who have walked on the moon will come out and say this stuff is absolutely true. And yeah. they've been briefed on it, and they know about it, and they've seen it, and they've been part of it. But – they're not allowed to talk about it. Don't you think that's crazy? And the bottom line is nobody really cares if it doesn't affect their wallet. So unless it's affecting your paycheck, 99% of the public doesn't really care. And that's the sad part about it, but it's true. It's not cynical. It's just the bottom line. Unless UFOs come down and steal Jim Mosley's AARP check, he's not going to totally <laughs> believe in sponsors. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look what the subject did for uh, the presidential, you know, candidacy of uh, Dennis Kucinich. Uh, I mean, they they came out that he saw a UFO and pretty much ended his uh, presidential campaign right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was he, and that he was the gun. That's why you know I think that's the exact reason that I think that the public wouldn't really freak out too bad if UFOs happened because the UFOs aren't stealing. You know, they're checks. They're not going to take Jim Mosley's checks. But uh, that's why I think Stephen Greer is even probably right on why the secrets are kept, because people will ask, well, what about these technologies they have? Yep. have yeah, it all boils back down to that. Vehicle? Mm -hmm. 
No. Because I then did. Greer's right on the money. Yeah. yeah. So it all boils back down to that, the free energy, free, you know, brand new source of power that we can actually travel to the stars. I mean, there's a lot of things that come out of, uh, you know, a lot of these technologies that will improve mankind immensely. And, of course, it will stop a lot of, uh, you know, corporations from making billions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I don't like think I anybody's it. happy when they pay their electrical bill. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I'm ecstatic about that. Well, from, from, I'm a sociological, for joy. <laughs> from, from a sociological perspective, anytime you mention this subject, you guys know, when you go to your mainstream folks that are regular Joes, the first thing that you usually can tell, and I was a sociology major for a little while, um, it's that grimace, it's that smirk, that subconscious, yep. I'm supposed the to The giggle laugh. factor. The giggle factor. Thank you. That's, That's really even like better. Yeah. And and that's how it's going to be until there is this shock to the system. And what would be a shock to the system is an open hearing, and it'll never happen, in my opinion, because then it's over. And there's no way you can get around it once that happens. And I do believe that they would, they would kill people over this, and they probably have. Oh, probably and have, I yeah. Don't put it past them. Mm-hmm. And I, all of it's true. I don't even think part of it's true. I think everything that you can imagine is true. It, and so it's really sad because when you start to realize how insignificant you are as an entity, mm-hmm. as a human on the planet, it can become quite depressing when you first get exposed to this information. It can be very depressing. You have to learn how to take information, process it, and still live a quality life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it'll be a, a tremendous waste of space of we really are the only planet with life in a universe that's infinite with trillions of stars. I mean, right, that's I pretty that. hard to fathom. <laughs> Whether it's Shustak or the people or the, the dummies from Harvard that, that think everything's sleep paralysis, um, they all believe that, that there's plenty of life out there in the stars, but none of it's been here. How they would know that makes no sense whatsoever. At all. I guess At all. Because yeah. Shustak. Shustak hasn't picked it up on his AM radio headset yet or something. But, you know, the funniest about Shustak is the, the, the only thing the guy's trying to do is don't, don't people realize if E.T. shows up and we're right, then he's out of a job. Yeah. So yeah. If this guy's trying to collect a paycheck. If anybody's going to the bank, that guy's going that to guy. the bank. Yep. <laughs> that yeah. The, guy, you know, the AZ show should uh, I do a show about him. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Come on. But you know what? He does he does more guest appearances than than hanging out at the SETI place listening to radio telescope signals. I bet you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, give me a break. This thing was dropped by the government, the financing, for reasons. Then it was picked up by Paul Allen, I believe, and and it's still being privately funded. Uh, maybe they're getting a good tax write off on it. But it is. Come on, guys. And they're you know you know what I love about them is their answer is well, our odds are. Not so great, but if we don't try, then we'll never know. Yeah. Posturous. Could you imagine if that was our, our reasoning? Come on. Yeah, that, my, my problem with SETI's always been that I think they're going about the wrong way. Uh, you know, when you start looking for radio broadcasting in a radio wave format, that's going to be very tough to pick up. I mean, especially if you think about how, you know, life evolves on this planet, who is to say that there's any other planet out there that has evolved using radio waves? Or even Maybe communicate. We, uh, yeah. 
who, who's to say that we actually even communicate the same way? It's exactly. so silly that we would utilize the same technologies, which is why District 9 was ingenious. They were technologically advanced. They interacted with their technology on a DNA level, which we didn't understand, so we couldn't use their weaponry, and we couldn't pilot their spacecrafts. But sociologically, we were superior. So it, it made perfect sense, which would, I think the message was is that we don't know anything. Mm-hmm. So why can't we be open-minded enough to examine everything? But no, you're always throughout the history of humans, which is probably the worst mistake they make, which is the two evils, the pig-headedness of males and testosterone, right, which is why we have so many wars. Yeah. But we spend more time debunking each other and killing each other than searching for the reason for why we are even freaking here, which nobody yeah. knows. I love, that's why I love Einstein's quotes, because he talks about stuff like it's extreme or it's extreme um, speculation that is the heart of discovery. Uh, you know, not this debunking. And I even talk about, and I wouldn't be too nice on Larry King, I think. I'm not, I wouldn't mean to be condescending, but really I'd be questioning Larry King. I don't understand why you bring this gentleman on necessarily, because really he's, he's not a physicist, so he really can't speak to whether or not, you know, it's possible to go speeds faster than light. And, in fact, every theoretical physicist pretty much says it's very possible, and they have several theories on how this might happen. Even the most conventional, sticking to Einstein's physics, it doesn't break our laws of physics. Um, For one, second of all, this guy has not looked into any of the cases that we're going to be talking about here tonight. So he can't really speak to to any of these cases. So I'm not quite sure why he's even here or what he can add to our conversation. But uh, whatever. Alejandro, if if I was allowed to talk to Seth, which I haven't been able to, and I have somebody out in the field, actually, that was supposed to ask some questions for me that was going to run into him. But uh, first of all, I would ask him, have you you been to the moon, uh, sir? And his answer obviously would be no. Um, so maybe would you have more respect for someone who has traveled out of our planet to know a little bit more about this question? I would hope that he would answer yes, but he probably wouldn't because, again, Shustak thinks that ETs are real, but he's the only person that can find them. And when he does find them, he'll let everybody know. So just stay tuned. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, my point is, is that if I was able to say to him, would you support publicly an open congressional hearing? with 50 of the top witnesses, all ex-military and ex-government employees, no private people, okay, who are willing to testify their experiences with this subject, even though they're facing ridicule and public humiliation. Would you openly support that? And would you be part of helping to bring that to light, to a reality? And if he says no, then you know that he's just working for the same people that Phil Klass and some of these other public figures worked so diligently to debunk this subject for years, obviously they're working for somebody. So he's got an agenda that has nothing to do with finding the truth about extraterrestrials visiting this planet, obviously. And he couldn't answer it. uh, It's funny, uh, Alejandro mentioned uh, Einstein earlier. 
uh, one quote that Einstein, you know, said that I sort of stuck with me is, "Reality is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one." <laughs> now think about that. Think about yeah, that for that's a second. Yeah, that's a that's a great quote, and and I just want to point something out before before I shut up here is that let's keep in mind too this entire conversation between the three of us has been about people and their views on ufology. Nothing personal. Okay, Shustak might be one of the nicest guys in the world. He might be a great family man. In fact, I'm going to assume that he is. But I am talking about his views and his actions taken on be, uh, within ufology. And that's the difference between a, a good show in, within ufology and some of the bottom feeding garbage who would try to say, yeah. well, you know, uh, Shustak, uh, he, he's a bad guy because of, and they'll try to pull out something from his past or something. We don't do that. Yeah. You have not once during this whole show accused Shustak of being gay. <laughs> <laughs> you are so awesome. You know, you're a, you are, you just made my day. And I, oh, that made my night. And, so, and you and, know, yeah, go ahead. To speak on the disclosure thing, that's why I feel, because I feel the same way you do. I mean, nobody's knocked harder on the door of uh, the White House harder than Greer did back yes. in May of 2001. Um, mm-hmm. Steve Bassett keeps, you know, bloodying his hands. He's beating so hard and persistent on that door. So that's why I like what, what we do, you know, going straight to the public researching, finding out more evidence, producing more evidence to show to the public, trying to reach as many people with the public with shows just like ours, you know, talking to the public, and we can disclose. That's why I brought up my UFO think tank. You know, that's what the government does. They have think tanks that figure all this out. Well, let's try to do it ourselves as citizens and um, inform other citizens. And I personally think that it's working. I've seen, you know, the media start to follow suit more and more. The History Channel's doing wonderful stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, I think I think it's working. Well, the only but, place I have to disagree is that, you know, back in the day when this country finally took a stand to become its own entity, it took force. And this is uh, by no means am I asking people to go collect weapons and start a riot. <laughs> But the Boston Tea Party occurred, and it and it needed to occur. All right, it didn't yeah. come from a lot of talk; it came from action. Finally, and people got fed up, and people are very fed up, and that's what you're seeing. What's happening with the healthcare stuff, and people are starting to get angry. Um, mm-hmm. it affects their wallet, so that's why those subjects are getting as much anger as, as it's affecting their families and, and their wallets. But this kind of subject it's going to be difficult for people to get into that kind of Boston Tea Party mode and um, honestly to get mainstream folks to support this. I'll give you, for instance, Dan Aykroyd, big uh, ufology supporter, as you guys know. Mm -hmm. Well, where is he? Okay, he's got influence. He he could help in a lot of other areas of this subject. Uh, Spielberg, people like that. Where are these people? They're the guys profiteering off of ufology. Um, where are they? Are they really helping to bring about disclosure? Does Steven Spielberg donate any money from the eons of millions and billions of dollars that he's made off of UFOs and ETs to, to, to people doing 
solid research within the community? Absolutely. Not that I'm aware. Are you guys aware of that? Not at all, no. I don't think DreamWorks right. finance any real uh, MUFON initiatives or anything like that, as far as no, I know. No, but they, they sure made a pretty penny off of uh, UFOs and ufology. That's definitely for sure. Look, I'm not yeah. saying he's the bad guy for it, but what I'm, what I'm saying is it seems as though it's understood with people of power if you guys want to keep things as good as you have it, you better stay the F away from this subject on a serious level. Case closed. Yeah. Because anyone who thinks that Edgar Mitchell and guys like Jesse Marcel Jr., American heroes, are liars, are out of their friggin' minds. Yeah. They're, just, they're, just, they're just not looking at reality. Am I right? It's another no, reason mm-hmm. that no, no, I, I appreciate and I like to see the green movement growing because it's necessary. We need to treat our grow up and treat our planet better. But also, it's another you know prop I got to give to Greer. That's not all that bad. It's, that's where it does start to hit people's pocketbooks. Is when it comes to electricity and the technologies around power. And you know, I think we probably are getting close. I mean, for God's sake, the very first way we figured out how to, you know, make power generators for steam, you know. Our very first way we, we learned how to motivate boats and things was using steam and coal, and we're still using that. Now, hundreds of years later, we're still stuck on coal and steam to create our electricity, ancient technologies by our yep. standards, and that uh, that's where it is hitting people's pocketbooks. So I do hope that uh, I, it's just that's a difficult concept for people to see that. Okay, UFO disclosure means I save money on my electricity bill. What? Right. You know, it's hard to draw that connection. But <laughs> it's true. That is the connection that, you yeah. know, Greer's trying to, to get people to understand. Oh, you're yeah, right. yeah, it's funny. Until you hit them in the pocketbook, it's true. They, a lot of people don't even really care about a subject until it affects them on a personal level. And money is always something that motivates anybody. Yeah, in fact, I, like I said, uh, staying with Greer, this Camelot video that came about from their Barcelona conference uh, um, interview that they did with him where they just had this bickering back and forth about uh, whether or not that Greer thought that all of the human interaction with extraterrestrials is, is, is peaceful and that uh, there are no uh, malevolent beings out there. Um, it was the silliest thing in the world because here you go, you got a guy who's done everything we just talked about, um, and, yeah, he's got an ego, and, yeah, I, I, I haven't even been able to get him on my show. I, don't, I haven't tried all that hard, but at the end of the day, he's gone – further and makes a lot more sense than anyone in my opinion um, and Richard Dolan does terrific work he's an archi- he's an archivist okay he's a historian but he's not an actual activist okay yeah. and it's funny that I just came from a show where we were listening to a Greer interview and we're in the chat talking uh, Angela Joyner's show tonight and um and it's hard not to get on this bandwagon of, of bashing Greer because he can say some crazy outlandish stuff. But at the same time, going back to actions and methodologies, you know, I agree with everything we've said here about the, 
the positive, monumental things that Greer has done in this field. No, yeah, he's definitely he's, he's been definitely a a person who has put his full effort forward. And I mean, it's it's crazy to criticize somebody who at least is you know doing the work that needs to be done. Well, let's put it this way: if you could get three people in front of Barack Obama, or oh, three people to speak to the the world, or in front of Congress, which would be televised, you got to pick that. Guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to pick that guy. Who are you going to pick besides him? Would I pick? Yeah. Uh, I think I would take. I don't know if I'd bring him, but I would bring one of his DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's smart enough to know which venue he's in, and which um, which level to take it as far as disseminating information and getting people uh, accustomed to certain. But if you're taking three people, he might not yeah. be smart enough to let the other two talk. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'll say that about about 99.9% of the people I have on my program, including Bassett. Okay, I asked Bassett, yeah. how you doing tonight, Steve? That's the end of the interview. That's the yeah. only question I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love him. I hear you. But yeah. he's, he, he's fantastic. I remember one time uh, I had him on the program, and I think – Baker game was in overtime. I got to watch the whole overtime because he didn't have <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, the man is a will of information. He has a lot of information to talk about. Let's give him that much credit. That's funny. Well, he does. But the thing yeah. is, is that, you know, uh, again, and Alejandro, he, you know, I try to call him out on this all the time. Bassett, Bassett makes it seem as though uh, some of these initiatives that he's doing are, are, are a little bit more powerful than they may be. And, yeah. uh, I happen to think, yeah, that faxes are, are very cool and letter writing, but I don't think that's what changed the uh, the Vietnam War from ceasing. Uh, there were demonstrations. There were people getting hurt. There were people willing to put it all out on the line for yeah. this for a cause, and I don't doubt that Bassett wouldn't be at the front of that protest. I just don't think that uh, the faxes and letter writing is going to get any, you know, bring about disclosure. I just don't think that's well, good enough. They didn't have faxes back in Vietnam, but definitely uh, the way to make anything happen is to get on the actual forefront and, you know, yeah. I mean, every every movement in this country, especially in the last hundred years, has involved some form of demonstration, whether it be the black movement in America, uh, where, you know, thousands and thousands of black people marched for freedom, uh, whether it be the gay rights movement, whether it be whatever movement, women's rights movement, unless you actually get out there and actually, you know, say, you know what, this is it. You know, we're tired of the BS, we're tired of the lies, tired of everything, but we want honesty. Until so you get out there and actually make the movement happen, a lot of times you just, you know, just, you keep status quo. Well, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's And how happen. do you do I, that? I don't think <laughs> Especially with you. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you can. I think, I think the answer is, and some people say, well, where, what, where does that leave us? And I don't think it's depressing, but I do think... A great analogy is this. I sometimes tell people I don't think we're supposed to know what happens to us when we die. Because right. if we did, then a lot of people would be killing themselves a lot. And no, they, and that, not only that, one thing, I, one thing I love is mystery, and that would ruin the whole mystery of yeah. death. <laughs> that, that's a good point, too. But yeah. I, I, if given the choice, I think I would want to know. But if it was something <laughs> terrific... And things weren't going that well at work that week. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <laughs> Click, boom. 
really was a planet full of virgins you could have your way with. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the problem is the virgins are all guys. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that would be bad. That's what they don't tell the Muslims. That's what they don't tell the Muslims. Oh, the virgins man. are, when they get up there, they're like, where are the virgins? They are the virgins, all of them. They're all men. <laughs> somebody, uh, somebody, real quick and get them in here. Um, <laughs> seriously, I guess the analogy that I gave was to say that how how is this going to end up? How is this going to come to an end point, right? And I think the end point is it has nothing to do with our government. It has nothing to do with any earthlings whatsoever. It's when they, whoever they are, the big question decide they want to do this on a public mass level. That's when it's going to happen. It's not going to happen yeah. because of the faxes or because of Barack Obama being president. I don't believe that. I believe it's going to happen when they, who are much smarter than us probably, or possibly our fathers and mothers, will decide it's time. Yeah. That's the exopolitics people call that disclosure with a little d. So, because there are there is that faction in exopolitics, the disclosure with the big D who Bassett represents, and there's a disclosure with a little D, and I know Paula's and Harris is in that camp where they would agree with you. It's going to be them, not us, who decide when disclosure is going to happen. Which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Now, do you guys think that maybe Hollywood is uh, kind of, in a sense, kind of prepared for you know for disclosure? with all these alien movies and TV shows that, you know, they show really both sides, you know, some are good, some are bad, uh, which I'm yeah. sure that's how it is out there. Some are good and some are going to be bad. Well, Not all of them are going to be like E.T., some of them are going to be evil. I kind of have a feeling that people in the know understand disclosure with a little d, and so mm -hmm. they are preparing people. For instance, the Vatican, I don't know, it's just, I don't have anything to support it, it's just speculation, but it would make sense that perhaps the Vatican is had these leaks of information about uh, extraterrestrials because they're being prepared so yeah. that if disclosure happens, little d, that they can see we told you, you know, and we've already told you it's okay, don't panic. They're just mm -hmm. our space brothers, you know. They're preparing themselves. And I think maybe others like Spielberg are doing that. I don't, what do you think, Jesse? I, th I think they have to be because there's no way – Look, you don't find Spielberg really talking about this subject in a serious way hardly ever. Uh, mm -hmm. Find the clip. He doesn't do it. And there's I've got a clip. Okay. Well, that's not very <laughs> but much. But all right? he says is, I, a girl asked, do you believe, and I got it from Paula Harris. She shows it. This girl asked a question, and then at the end she tags in, and do you believe in extraterrestrial and aliens? And everybody laughs. He answers the question long-winded, the first question. And then he says, yes, I do believe in aliens. That's the only clip I've ever seen. I've heard of him talking about it in a Japanese paper, but I don't read Japanese. I haven't seen that. But you're right. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's Jimmy Carter won't talk about the subject. Look, if, it wasn't, if he wasn't supposed to, then he would talk about it. it, it these people would talk about this stuff. They're, they're, the people in the know know. They're not supposed to go public with this stuff. There's stuff that you don't go near. And I don't even think they all know what the big picture is. I just think they know that it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how powerful you think you are, Bill Gates, Steven Spielberg, Paul Allen. You are still small potatoes to the machine, to Majestic, whoever it is, whatever you want to call them. 
the Illuminati, the New World Order, whatever. They can squash you whenever they want. And if you do not go with their agenda, you're in trouble. And if you like your well, that's point mansions, you better keep your mouth shut on certain things. This topic is off limits. Case closed. When they get their initiation at Bohemian Grove where they're being humiliated and spanked, that's, that's <laughs> what they're told. Yeah, sorry about that, fellas. I had a little uh, technical difficulty. I had a little difficulty. I kind of got locked off there, and I just got back on the line. Uh, so I kind of oh, really? missed the last. Yeah, I missed the last minute there. We're talking <laughs> about like, banking. <laughs> nice, nice, Alejandro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you know what? Um, I don't know how many of you guys saw the Sean Hannity program on the Gilliland Ranch. Did any of you guys see this? I did not see that, no. Sean Hannity's a character on his own, though. I did. Did you see it? Yeah, and I was surprised that they did a decent job. I mean, they didn't really make fun. Why? I mean, I agree, but I mean, it's just so random and strange that yeah. they would... Yeah, yeah. It was very bizarre. I I don't live that far Out of nowhere. Life. Yeah, it was out of nowhere. It's just bizarre. And out of all people... Sean Hannity. Out of all people, exactly. It's just, it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like Bill O'Reilly doing a piece on uh, um, the killers or something. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have to check um, that I, out. Uh. Yeah, and, and and I hope that, you know, this was a really good show tonight. I think we we talked about a lot of stuff, but I... I really want – I'm glad you had me on because I wanted to voice my opinion that if Stan's listening, and he is sort of because Alejandro has his ear, there's one way to, to regain your credibility, pal, and the way to do it is to follow the model. Follow the model, which is Lazar. Do it underground. Zeitgeist it. Don't go through another big distributor. Don't take a check. Don't even know that if it's too good to be true, it is. Yeah, and did he get paid for the primetime episode? Of course yeah, he did. Yeah, he actually did. But, yeah, uh, well, not everybody does, though. Um, he did. Um, but to play devil's advocate, the rule of thumb is Bob Lazar's a hoax. I mean, the vast majority in the field believes that, although he's in that Billy Myers column. Even well, though yeah, I, believe, I believe Bob Lazar over Billy Myers just – for the simple fact that every time I've heard him speak about, you know, what he knows, his, you know, his story has not changed. It's been consistent every time. And well, with I Billy Meyer, you could you could kind of see some of the way you could hoax some of Billy Meyer's footage, uh, where, you know, Bob Lazar has been one consistent story throughout, uh, and it's very credible. I mean, they've even, uh, you know, found documents that he did work at Area 51. I think it was a check of his that, uh, you know, had Area 51 credential, credentials on it. Uh and again, it doesn't mean that he, you know, that Area 51 is only black budget UFO projects. There's a lot of stuff out there that goes on that may have nothing to do with UFOs. Uh, he might have been a person working on there on something else, and then he got involved in that project. You know, there's a, there's a lot to that. I think the Bob Lazar case more so than even the Billy Myers case. But Jesse, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on here. Alejandro's been a pleasure having you guys on here. Uh, you know, it is it has been a great show. You guys definitely brought the goods for two hours. Thank you, Jackal, for having us. Yeah, well, thanks for having us. I look forward to seeing you in uh, in our chat. 
Oh, you're definitely going to see me in the chat, so I'll be calling in and uh, asking uh, all kind of outlandish questions to your guests. <laughs> yeah. Guys, on Sunday we've got a great show. We've got Larry Bryan on, and I know that's going to be a really good exopolitics show. So someone who's an actual activist who should have plenty to say about uh, disclosure, either with a capital D or a lowercase d, which I love, Alejandro. I'm going to use that. So there you go. Yeah. Learn it from you. All right, guys. So, Thanks so much for having me. No, definitely. The pleasure is all mine, gentlemen, and uh, we will be in contact this weekend again when you guys do your shows, uh, respectively. Uh, once again, you know, just for anybody listening, tell, tell everybody where they can catch your shows. Tell them about the members area, Jesse. I want to I wanna make sure people, you know, know about this stuff. Uh, not because I'm trying to make you rich, but because, you know, this is some good stuff <laughs> that people need to get on. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm dying to get into an, uh, a, a car from this century, so please join <laughs> There <me>. you go. <laughs> UFOTV.com, uh, you can join the members area. It's the price of a latte, and you're in. Um, and you get a lot of cool stuff that you cannot get at Borders anymore um, as far as magazines and cool stuff and audio. And every Sunday, 7 p.m., that's Pacific time, 7 p.m. while you're doing your laundry or figuring out what you didn't do for Monday, That what a drag it's going to be. Uh, you get to clear your mind for a couple hours and listen to commercial-free amazing paranormal ufology exopolitics radio euphonaut radio 7 p.m pacific every sunday with alejandro and jackal in the chat room there you go alejandro uh, once again when is the open mind going to be uh go public and uh, go weekend, live? we're going to be yep we're going to be tomorrow at okay. uh, 7 p.m pacific uh just like normal uh tomorrow night and I'm going to have Scott Ramsey and we're going to talk about the Aztec UFO crash and also Dulce. Nice. He has some interesting information on the alleged Dulce UFO base. So we'll talk about that. And then starting off uh, next week, it'll be switching from UFO Think Tank to Open Minds Radio. And that'll be Thursday at 4 o'clock Pacific. Awesome. Guys, you do a, a fantastic job. Don't let the haters or the bottom feeders get to you guys. Keep doing what you're uh -huh. doing. Uh, you got my support. I, you know, I back you guys 100%. Whatever I can do to help you guys out, just ask. Uh, you know, I'll be there as, as best well, as I can. Well, just people know. Just so everybody knows, just in case Giordano says I'm gay. Not that there's anything wrong <laughs> with it. I personally am not gay. So, in fact, that makes I'm two of us. And I'm looking. I don't. I don't think I am. E I don't think I am either. By the way. <laughs> there you go. Three guys in ufology that are not gay. There goes that kind of argument <laughs> yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay guys guys we're drawing to our close here it's been a pleasure again and uh, we'll be in contact everybody okay. thank you for joining anybody who's uh, listening I know there's uh, there was one gentleman in the chat the caller we had who called in thank you for calling uh, I really appreciate that anybody who called into my show is, uh, is always welcome if you guys ever want to call in don't be afraid just call in we'll be back next Friday at the same time the Jackal's Head will be here with you and uh, we'll be talking again about you know, maybe ufology, maybe another subject that, like Jesse would say, is slightly left of center. And then some. But for now, I'll leave you with a little cannabis as uh, we're going to ride out the night here. The song is called Channel Zero. Listen to the lyrics. Might sound familiar. About the information, the information. For, the information. for the information, 
Yo, the location is planet Earth. The time of date is 1999, December 31st, 11:59 p.m. The anticipation of what I think's about to happen got my heart beating. Got less than a minute left before the planet Jupiter is ignited into a star. I know it sounds bizarre, but it's mathematics. A specific sign for some of the planet's inhabitants Those who understand know what I'm saying is accurate Our country is corrupt from the president to the cabinet In the year two, followed by three O's The space probe Galileo will welcome us all to Channel Zero The ages I illuminate with logic. What I speak is more than just beats. It's bottomless with common sense. I'm organized like crime and mafias. Plus the way I rhyme is prime like optimists or rapologists. You can sit and do the knowledge with some GEDs to degrees from Ivy League colleges. I politic with any magazine columnist about topics other MCs won't even bother with. Rock solid shit like stones and monuments. It's obvious the third eye of the ominous is watching us. Through a microscope and a pair of binoculars Ghetto scholars like me who study street calculus I utilize every letter of the Arabic alphabet To touch a part of your body that makes you feel erogenous The key to knowledge is guarded by ancient locksmiths Who travel across the universe with flying objects Seekers deadly demand is the oxen We sparring regards our arms are too short to box with 4,000 years before Christ in the time for Pharaoh Welcome to Channel Zero Manufactures dangerous rhymes Signs from revelations predict perilous times In the year 2000 The planets will be in alignment Only the wisest will survive it The earth will experience a sudden change in climate Killing many organisms in our environment The earthquakes destined to happen in California Will trigger the reward fall in Atlanta, Georgia The collapse of roads, bridges, and buildings The death of millions of innocent civilians The Freemasons will control the nation But you don't hear me though it's the information. Shooting the town zero. Shooting the town zero. Shooting the town zero.